You he shut was, your mouth. He was no Eric Bana, okay? Because if you keep that up, I'm going to curse the, the, the Eagles for the bowl. I'm just... <gasps> Please do. <laughs> hey, we're not here to talk about sports ball. <laughs> hey, no sports on this show. Uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> we just fulfilled Chris's biggest fear. <laughs> All right, I will skip this list. But it's a great list. It's fun to read. It's fun to read. I got it Could you hook Keanu Reeves' Wolverine? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel. All the cool, awesome stuff you want to know about through the week. And the fun things that we do with that knowledge. I am the Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall. And sitting here with me, the Mr. It's a Wonderful Life in hiding, Phil Keaton. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the Vertigo of 1958, Paul Fox. Okay. And the North by Northwest, Mr. Casey Strokes. I'm running away from planes. You can't see it in the background. You get it, Casey. I like you, man. You I didn't know how I was it. supposed to do it. <laughs> Just have fun is how you're supposed to do it. It's what we do on this show. On this I come show? up with wacky bullshit. Whoa, wait a minute. We're oh, supposed man. to be having fun? You are. That's in your contract. Oh, fuck. Yeah, oh. that's going to be part of your January review, sir, is <laughs> your lack of fun having. I have been doing this wrong for two years. Yeah, basically, but, you know, we love you anyway. So we're going to jump. Oh, you know what? I was supposed to throw it to Mr. Klotz. So Klotz, tell us what we're going to do tonight. We're changing things up a little bit. Uh, we had our uh, quarter one meeting for the show this past week, and we discussed that we'd like to shake things up a little bit, get back a little bit more to our roots of talking about some comic stuff more often, largely because the last few weeks, well, months, have been kind of crazy. Um, not a ton of comic news so often but we're going to try to dig deeper and find some stuff more often uh we're going to try to get away from some of the nastiness that's going on in hollywood so you won't be hearing about that for a while unless something really huge comes up but you will be hearing about some nastiness in comics pretty soon because that's happening today casey brought that to the table and i love it it's so tasty but anyways (laughs) so what we're going to start doing uh for the time being we're going to try something new out we're going to load the first half of our show with comic related news it might be comic adjacent like video games tv movies whatever and then the second half of the show is going to be the wild west of fandom as we've been doing for a long time so let us know what you think you know those of you listening at home we'd love to hear your feedback particularly if something really awesome comes up in conversation and you have strong feelings on it please go to our facebook facebook.com slash breaking the panel leave a comment tell us what you think uh we'll tell you how you're wrong and then we'll all have a good time (laughs) it's true And much like the books we talk about, I haven't read any of these headlines either. So let's kick this right off. Casey, you've got this about John Malin and the, I I don't know what this SJW say. I'm notoriously bad at abbreviation. You and and Travis Jones both. Uh, For those of you who listen to the Giant Size Teamwork Network's own. Teamwork. (laughs) (laughs) Team up, Casey. Giant Size Team up. Wait. Yeah. Well, I mean. I say teamwork because I helped them with the show. So. Okay, well, all right, fine. <laughs> Branding. <laughs> um, uh, I, I shot this over to Travis Jones of the Blazing Defender Report, uh, and he didn't quite get it either. I wanted to see his take because he seems like a, a fairly classic macho-y man. So what, what is it on? What's the, what is he take on? What are we talking about? So here's the thing. John Malin is the artist who draws Cable. 
and I say artist very tentatively because he comes from the Rob Liefeld school of drawing comic books, <laughs> which is not great. Those of you who don't know who Rob Liefeld is, you can Google 90s comic book art. And even if it's not him, it's probably close enough to where it's equally terrible. Everyone's all bulgy and veiny and their teeth are showing. So it's just, and their muscles are so big they can't touch their face and they probably so don't have feet. it's just Travis. Oh, He's they definitely don't have feet. Travis, he is yeah. not good at feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. I failed. So I'm looking at Malin and some of his work. It's uh, it's not great. I defended the guy's work back when he did a three-issue filler of Cable and Deadpool like 10 years ago, but that was only because it was a Cable-specific story that was meant to be Liefeld-esque, and I'm like, oh, it's probably just a gimmick artist. But nope, turns out this is just how he draws so I'm throwing up for the recording that we do with, with Patreon where we have video. I'm throwing up some of the artwork on the screen right now uh, to kind of see. You guys are probably seeing it to see. You know, This is what I looked at when I found Malin. That's it's, definitely not That's definitely not him. That's not him right there? That art is way too good to be him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's this stuff that looks just like Rob Liefeld. So that Thunderbolt stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's really, it kind of out of proportion. It, it's big. It's a little uh, exaggerated. It's not, I mean, I've, it's, I've it's, I would say it's, it's pretty typical comic book art chest. from 23 years ago. Uh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. And that's not just the ladies. Yeah, there's, there's a lot mixed in there. So he threw some, some garbage quote on Twitter that the X-Men aren't social justice warriors. Oh, that's what that stands for. Okay. And it comes from a sort of right-wing fundamental misunderstanding of what social justice is. He's kind of of the idea that social justice warriors are people that kind of take up a cause for the sake of taking up a cause and fighting against traditionality. But he calls Hitler's Germany like a social justice warrior place that like Nazis are social justice warriors because they're fighting for what they perceived as oppression by Jewish people, which is probably the most ass backwards look at it that you can have, you know? Yeah. The X-Men are absolutely maybe the most social justicey out of any of Marvel superheroes, except for maybe somebody like Captain America, who makes an active fight for all peoples. The X-Men are an oppressed minority. They fight against militant hate groups. I mean, there's not much else to be drawn there. Like, it's a pretty cut and dry look. And for a guy who's drawing an X-Men book, it's weird to have that sort of sensibility that, you know, and be so totally off base about, I guess, the, the field that you're in. But it's more than just his tweet, you know, being wrong about, you know, social justice words, which is a huge thing because SJWs kind of didn't get their start, but at least in comic book fandom, they come from, you know, the huge audience that's on Tumblr, which is sort of... It's good for a lot of marginalized people, I, I find. But uh, So he's got that backwards. But more than that, he dives into all this other sort of right-wing kind of stuff, and he just goes completely off the handle once Ethan Van Skyver, another comic book artist who's a conservative, invites him on to do like an impromptu podcast style thing. I linked the interview in the in the notes. I don't know if maybe you got the chance to listen to it. Maybe you didn't. But no, I got to see you and, and Chris go on about it. Yeah. How off the rails it went. It's crazy. Like, he talks about stuff like the wage gap and, you know, how comics have sort of lost their punch. And I don't necessarily agree 
I mean, he has a couple of interesting points, like people just complaining for the sake of complaining, like somebody who's scantily clad on a cover. Like, it's not a huge deal. But, you know, comics are supposed to be a progressive place. It's a, it's a place where anybody can pick up a comic and feel like there's some kind of good representation of, like, of them or people like them in there. Comics shouldn't be a sort of locked off place for anyone. And it shouldn't adhere to, I guess, traditional values or have, you know, exclusively just white male cast of characters in a world that is now so supremely diverse and has changed dramatically since 1962. But I don't know. But I think, like... Even more specifically, he's currently drawing a X-Men character. Well, X-Men derivative character. Right. You know, an X character. I mean, a, a mutant. Cable is technically a team book right now. It's him mm-hmm. and, and five other people working together. Right. So even though it's got him on the cover, it's, it's, it's a, it, it is an X-Men team, essentially. Mm-hmm. It might as well just be called X-Force. Right. Yeah, and the relevance of that is of all of the books that Marvel's ever done, the mutant storylines, the X-Men related stuff has always been about oppressed groups, you know, fighting against, you know, oppressive regimes or oppressive, you know, vigilantes or anything like that. Extreme groups like, you know, the brotherhood and all that stuff. So it just seems absurd to me for him to be doing art for such a progressive, a historically progressive line at Marvel have all these like feelings that he feels are appropriate to share online i'm not going to fault anybody for having their personal beliefs i mean i'm not going to tell you you can't believe what you believe or charles can't believe what he believes Uh, and phil please don't believe what you believe Um, (laughs) but like you have a responsibility when you work for a company like marvel and you have a forward-facing profile you know like like a twitter that people can just go to to not basically act like a jackass online and just spew nonsense because it, it doesn't look the he's basically shooting to get fired the way from the way it seems you know well, that I mean? that first tweet is just he knows what he's doing because mm. as soon as it came out you know he was ready with a response when people were calling him out for his shit he's like well i'm glad i could expose the viper's nest as a growing SG, sjw infestation in the industry that's killing create uh, creative voices yeah. So he was just goading people out for why? Because you yeah. think that you have a platform? I, I don't know. It's just, it's infuriating to me personally. It's, uh, it's, it, some of these things that he was saying, it's, it's just like, there's enough bullshit in the world. Why do you think that you need to add your bullshit into it? This, this reminds me of, and Clutch, you might remember the actual artist, but there was two artists that got full of themselves and they they were recognizable names and at a con i think this is early last year maybe that essentially in a q a at a panel they were asked why they draw women naked all the time essentially it was very sexist remarks it was very belittling of women this might actually been two years ago i can i can remember the picture we found of them posing together uh, one was Asian American, I think, and the other was just old and white. And it, it was very belittling of women and very old school mentality of essentially, because that's the only way they can be great in comics is to be naked or, you know, semi naked. And it's mm-hmm. very sexist and stupid. And this, this, this right wing major reaction, I, I, I use that tentatively because when you use words like right wing and left wing, it, it's very polarizing with the words. When I use it, it's very much in the same definition, but it's very much for these people who 
instantly when you say, hey, there should be a young Muslim teenage girl with her own comic because that's a market that needs to be reached and it should be well written and drawn. The people whose instant reaction is, I don't want women taking over my books or I don't want Muslims taking over. I mean, that's, that's very right wing of don't change the world. I know. And liberals, if you said left wing, in my case, it'd mean somebody wants to change everybody, everything for the sake of change. When I had the wing, it's the extremes of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. But this, yeah, when you're, when he apparently went on about, wage gap and you Casey you and Chris were saying that he really hates people talking about the wage gap with women and men and it's and, just such a weird thing to bring up like I can understand yeah. him having an issue with liberal creators and comics if he's a you know a fairly conservative creator but like look at the medium that you're in you know what who are you going to find among writers and artists and ed- and young editors you can I mean, go hang out with Frank Miller Oh, oh, don't. Greg <laughs> <laughs> Miller and a whore for every page. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is just like, it, it's one thing if you're, okay, so if you're doing like a hardcore, super mature book on like an offshoot of one of these big publishers, or if you're on an indie label or something like that, and you, you talk this way, whatever, more power to you. Maybe that riles up your base. Maybe it doesn't. I don't really care, but you're drawing an X-Men comic at Marvel. You represent Marvel. You represent yeah. X-Men. You yeah. represent the fans, you know, and the writers and everybody who's ever cared about the X stories that are so, I mean, they're, they've been SJW before it was cool to be SJW. It was I mean, SJW really have, before it was like maybe even a term. Exactly. I mean, no, it, absolutely. it has been for 40 years, so it's completely ridiculous. That whole anti-mutant thing that they fight all the time. That's that's always an underlying theme in the X-Men. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the mutant thing is an allegory for what the Jews went through. It's an allegory for what minorities go through. It's an allegory for a lot of things. Yeah. And if you don't realize that, you have no business drawing Cable or any of these other X-characters. Like, it's that's completely insane. Uh, and it, uh, this guy is... Uh, it, okay, so if he was really... If he really believed... What he's spewing, he wouldn't he would draw for down, exactly. He would turn down those books, mm-hmm. right? He'd be doing like Punisher or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. who's gonna who's gonna turn down a dream job? Like if you're working in comics, drawing comic books, that has to be your dream job. But then you don't really believe the hate you're spewing is what I'm saying. If if okay, let's bring it to racism because that's an easy one for for me to understand growing up in the South, especially with the X Men. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you if you hate. If you hate black people, right? That's what I grew up around in the deep south was color of skin is, is Mexicans and Hispanics. You know, everybody calls them Mexicans, but they're always Mexicans. They're Hispanics and African-Americans, right? And they were called many, many other things. But if you hate their skin, you're not going to do Black Panther, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to draw that book because you actually hate that and you think it's wrong. And, and you might even go so far as you not take the job at Marvel because they put out comics that, that have that in it. Mm-hmm. If you believe the hate that's in your heart, and that's so this is really more jackassery because he wants to spew a lot of stuff. Maybe he thinks he's going to give him attention. Maybe he thinks, who knows? Maybe he's like Phil and he was just hopped up on Sudafed and wine. I don't know, man. <laughs> it just went sideways. It's if weird. only all artists could use that excuse when they make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my go to. Phil's a pro, man. He did not make any mistakes. He was just really hopped up on, 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 I don't know, uh, cold medication and too much alcohol. 
Charles, nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> that was after the show ended. Yeah, that was after the show. Last no, you started the show. You started the show last week. It's in the recording. I on the recording. Yes, said, but I didn't go sideways. And I didn't. I didn't go sideways until the meeting started. Well, that's because you went through what two bottles of wine he and a couple beers. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> so much later, <laughs> he was like laying in the corner eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to another one. Casey, this is you again, bringing the greatest news ever. Yeah, it's a quick one. So Inhumans is kind of maybe possibly canceled for good. Except yeah. uh, ABC is like, but but we haven't said that yet. Yeah. So don't say it. But on the on the publicity press side of things, there's nothing. Shit's listed. dead, yo. It's dead. I'm not, dead. I'm not going to lie. I thought they got canceled, like, episode four. Oh, you and everyone else. So it's like when this came out, I was like, huh, good, good, good for them. Right? <laughs> Officially it, announce it. But it's very much you've ABC has been seen driving around town in their new Porsche and different <laughs> TV, a different TV show every week. But the yeah. divorce isn't official. We're not saying that yet. Yeah. But you're, you know, we're seeing them at parties with other people, other so, shows on their arm. So ABC's hanging out with Stormy Daniels and Ben Roethlisberger. Getting spanked with a rolled-up copy of Fantastic Four 60. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure it's dead. Uh, the actor that plays Karnak has already accepted another gig, from what I understand. I don't see how you come back from how... We can say some things about stuff like Iron Fist, and you know, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has had its moments, but nothing nothing since the new age of comic tv shows has been nearly as bad no yeah humans was that that show was atrocious it couldn't even be saved by a giant bulldog no yeah it's i want to like everything i do i everything comic i go in the kid like oh my god it's the greatest thing ever and i've gotten so much grief about the stuff i love from our past because admittedly some of the stuff from our past is hard but ghost rider nicholas cage ghost rider love it but, you know, that's the only ghostwriter I have. Phil, stop making that face. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's the judgment you're passing right now. But growing up, it's the only ghostwriter, and still to this day, the only ghostwriter that's hit the screen, that's ghostwriter. You know, they did the Robert, uh, the uh, Robbie Reyes one, which actually was really good, much better. But still, Nick is my ghostwriter until you give me another real ghostwriter on the big screen. Robbie Reyes is a real ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> like... Not, my face is not frozen. That's just my look of the... No, he is Ghost Rider two point sideways. He's Ghost Rider on TV, not on the silver screen. So that. He's not Ghost Rider. He's not Johnny it's gotta Blaze. Be Johnny Blaze. It's got to be Johnny, man. I got to have my 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 motorcycle. You know, Charles. Here. Johnny didn't even have the have the chains until Danny was a thing. Okay. All Ghost Rider had back in the day was the Hellfire and the and the motorcycle and the penance stare. And you're his, singing to the choir, my friend. He's stealing all his cool gimmicks. I'm just saying, you know. You want to be a fan uh, of the fan of the writer catches. I, I, catches I'm sorry. Did you, did you found, there. did you find, did you found California? Did you, you know, you come up with the new California Republic flag. I'm just saying people borrow stuff all the time, my friend. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think you know what that's from. Do you? Yeah. I, it's I, a two, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's okay, a two headed bear. I, I can't see the bear, but it's no, wait, 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 wait. give me a second. Give me a second. Isn't it fall out? Yeah. All and right. Charles has played a game before. <laughs> Because oh, no other person is there. I just, I'm just putting out, just being mean. I'm being an asshole. I'm yeah. sorry, Casey. 
by opening on it, people do. I don't know what that has to do with me being right on Ghost Rider. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, humans, we all agree it sucked. We're glad it got canceled. I'm sorry for the actors and actresses. Just... Did anybody go to IMAX? Oh. No. No. Yeah, me neither. I, Who could pay so, money knowing something will be that bad? I'm a little sad that Chris isn't here because we talked about like how that whole thing was handled and the whole get off my lawn thing. Yeah, that's, Jeff Lowe, that's an episode. You know I mean? Yeah, like, I remember that. I, I, he, he was like, there's nothing wrong with this show, brother. Like, what? Yeah. What show are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Well, you can't pass judgment on something that's not finished. Like, wait a minute. You had a screening for the press specifically. <laughs> Why are we what? at IMAX if it's not finished? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. It was it was stupid business decision. Yeah. Good riddance. Oh. See you in hell. Yeah. yeah. All right. It. There's nothing more to that. All right. So this next one is mine because I've been playing this game and I know uh, the headlines have been out for a little bit, but there is a, a, it's not really about the headline so much as it is about, I want to talk about the principle of it. So the headline is Luna Snow is in future fight and all of you Marvel, longtime Marvel fans are going, yay, Luna Snow. No, you're really going, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Right? What? (laughs) No, everybody's like, what are you talking about? Because the same thing reaction I had. I've been playing this game back again. I played it early on when it came out and walked away. Then I guess I've been on it for three or four months now again. And I enjoy Future Fight. It's a mobile game, but now, nah, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm really digging Marvel Strike Force and that might get the ring instead. Uh, I love the dance clock. That was awesome. <laughs> I does, love seeing you, man. Does Strike Force have a date yet? Or is no. it? No, it's still okay. soft launching. It's in Canada and some other places, not the worldwide yet, not U.S. Sure. So uh, anyway, Future Fight is, it, it popped up, this pop-up screen, never seen anything like this before. New character coming. Pre-register. Like, we've never pre-registered. What are you talking about? So I hit it because I'm curious. And it's this Luna Snow. I'm like, this looks like a Final Fantasy character, which I'm not against, but this isn't <laughs> Marvel. You know, I don't understand. And it's like, K-pop, which is Korean pop music, comes to Marvel and blah, blah, blah. Essentially, NetMarvel, in conjunction with that, and that's the, the link I put in here by CBR, is in conjunction with Marvel Games. Marvel has okayed this and overseen the launch of this. And exclusive to this game only, brand new character who basically was a pop star doing something at Stark Industries when AIM attacks. She was singing. She's doing a concert for Stark Industries. And AIM attacks. And then somehow this cold fusion experiment goes wrong and gives her cold powers. And uh, she fights off AIM and wins. And now she's called Luna Snow. Now, the gamer in me went, I'll take any free character. I love new stuff. I like the shiny, shiny of games. I I try to get all the new characters. I don't care who they are. Ice powers, hot damn. (laughs) Well, you don't even know that. When you pre-register, we had to get that from the article. When you pre-register, it just says K-pop is coming, blah, blah, blah. And if you pre-register, which I was in like the first 10% to do it because I like free stuff, you know, when they got to so many, you know, 20%, it was going to be you get 200 free crystals, which crystals are the big in-game currency. At 50%, you get 10 shards, which will get you the character for free uh, for the first level. And then if you got to, if they got to 100% or 80% or something like that, you got another 300 shards, or not shards, uh, crystals. So you get a total of 500 crystals of in-game currency and 10 shards, so I get the free character. So I'm all for pre-registration. Other than that, 
I don't understand this. And I brought it to the table to say, okay, then the comic fan and me went, wait a minute, you just literally created a character that does not exist anywhere in the universe for this game. But a character has to be created somewhere, right? At some point. I mean, that's how we got, uh, uh, who's the one I hate, Klotz? The, the, the stupid X-Man and the yellow jacket. That uh, Jubilee. Jubilee. Hey, what? I hate her. She was created for the X-Men cartoon. Why? Because in the X-Men cartoon, she just made sparkly sparklies. was retarded. I hated hey, her. She, I didn't like her at all. She did stuff. She blew up arcade machines. She yeah. like the be- she has like the best line in that first episode. It goes, hey, kid, you know how much these things she co- cost? And she goes like this. Put sunglasses on? Yeah. Yeah. A quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and she was the best thing to come out of Apocalypse, right? She looks pretty dope in a pocket. Oh, yeah. She she was in that so five seconds she was in the show, in the movie. Hey, man, you got to start character somewhere. Am I right? She was also in the commercial that was like an invitation. That's the fake commercial. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's going to be so sad to see Casey go at the end of this month and, and bring another guest <laughs> host. I'm just saying. Hey, you know what? <laughs> just to throw it in your face again, you know what happened last week? What? She lost her vampire powers and she's got the fireworks back. <laughs> Off of Jubilee, onto this. So what do you guys think about a game with permission? They didn't just go off book. With permission, creating a new character, and not just creating a new character, but this this Korean pop singer that, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, why stop there? Why not bring already made musical acts and just, you know, put them into the game? I'll take Tenacious D. They've got the power to move you. So how is it any different from this? Wonder Boy. Yeah, sitting oh so proudly. All right, so I have a couple thoughts on this. One of the mobile games that I play is Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. Right. And Final Fantasy Brave Exvius has taken some heat because they did exactly what Phil was just talking about, where they did a Tenacious D is inside this game. <laughs> oh, my God. Why would you take heat from No, no, no. Oh, no, no. my God. They did a collaboration <laughs> with Ariana Grande. Oh. And so they have introduced, I think there's now three versions of her in the game. Huh. Um, that they do. Yeah. I gotta make the dad joke. They're small, medium, and Ariana Grande. Um, <laughs> turn your microphone off. Who are muted? You didn't even make a venti joke. You. I suck. know. I just screwed it all up. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So they added her in, right? Right. And the fan base is like, why? Like, why? Why did you do this? We don't like this. I mean, there are people who are like, the moment they get her for free, they're like, I fuse her into another unit so she disappears forever. Like, they like they try to throw her in the trash as quickly as possible. That's a real pop star that people are like, why is this in my Final Fantasy game? So I feel pretty similarly about this for Future Fight. Now, I don't play Future Fight actively, so I don't really have any, I don't have a dog in this race, you know sure. what I mean? I'm disappointed in what they chose to do with the character because I think they had a real opportunity here to highlight some of the unique history and culture of Korea, South Korea in particular, because it, it, it should be noted that a big push for this is because Netmarble, the company that the dev that makes the game is a Korean company, a South Korean company. And so they're really making this character to try to appeal to the, what, you know, the Asian audience to make them feel like they are represented in the game and they have a character that they can all really identify with, which is completely fair. Yeah, I, I just thought it was disappointing that they decided to do a K-pop star. And, and it's a fictional K-pop star, not based it's off a of real. literally the only thing South Korea is known for is K-pop, like, like in the wider culture. Like most- hey, hey, we had this conversation. They're also known 
for their competitive gaming scene. And that's why you have Diva in Overwatch. She is a right. literal, you know, yeah. uh, uh, South Korean video Better. game that then mm-hmm. learned how to drive See, a map. That, that's an awesome people. story. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome. I would love to have seen that kind of story be here. Well, yeah, because Diva in Overwatch is she's a South Korean competitive gamer that they build a battle mech for specifically for her so she can join Overwatch and help defend the world. <laughs> she's, a, she's a competitive StarCraft player, which is another Blizzard game. So yeah. it's a little bit of like self-loving, yeah. but I mean... Well, come on. Cool. Yeah, come on. That's cool, though. Um, the other thing is, though, like, K-pop has a lot of, like... There's a lot of negative connotations around it because K-pop is really focused on, like, physical beauty to the point where virtually every popular K-pop star has had like crazy levels of plastic surgery. And I'm not shaming anybody who has plastic surgery or thinks that they need it or whatever. That's your business. But, you know, feminists in particular have had issues with what the culture in South Korea is surrounding K-pop because of all of this crazy plastic surgery and everything and these impossible beauty standards. So when you put a K-pop star into this game, I think you missed a major opportunity to highlight some other aspects of the culture. And I think you're playing up to an angle that's a little bit icky in a similar way that like some of the Japanese titles, you know, play into some of the weirder fetishes out of Japan. Um, I think they could have done a little bit better here, but I respect that they wanted a character that the Korean in particular, but all of probably Southeast Asia feels like they can identify with. So hopefully she's cool. Do we know she's getting worked into any stories or books in the near future or is she going to article doesn't say, okay. I guess well, it's just too early to tell at this we, moment. We, we do know that Marvel was in on the whole thing. Yeah, yes. they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had approval and they helped them craft the story and everything. So I imagine she'll pop up somewhere as like a throw in initially. And then if she resonates, who knows? Yeah. Marvel's got a weird, interesting history with pop star superheroines like Dazzler, disco superstar of the 1980s. <laughs> She's wonderful. She's <laughs> wonderful. And Nightcat, who is a far more complicated story, but they tried to make a real-life superhero or a real-life singer into a comic book superhero and, like, make it, like, backwards, too. So she's dressed in her superhero outfit doing uh, concerts in real life, and they have a real-life comic book about it. <laughs> but it failed colossally. But you, you know who the best pop singer who is ever, ever semi-hero-related Jim and the, the Jim and the hologram in the holograms, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say William Shatner, but yeah, Jim works. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. I'm a rocket man. This rocket. Whole Mr. Tambourine man. Because Chloe Bennett, who is is Daisy on or, or Quake on Ages of Shield, was an actual real life pop star in China before she went to Agents of Shield. Not really a pop star. She tried. She had some stuff going. She had a on, couple music you know? videos. Yeah. 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 So this is a weird. It's it's weird. But as a gamer, again, bring on all comers. As a fan of Marvel, at first, at first, I was that knee jerk old school reaction of this is your mom, Marvel. But now, like, well, characters do have to be born somewhere. Let's see what they do, and let's see if Marvel gives her any love. And and because you get anybody, any character in the right hands with the right writer and the right artist. They can be amazing, you know? And it's and lower I, cost to introduce a new character through a video game than it is to hire a writing staff sure. and an mm-hmm. and artist and a tracer and all that. So it, it yeah. makes sense. It, it's smart on a business side to do it this way. Um, hopefully yeah. it pays off and 
Tenacious D will be in a future fight. <laughs> that would that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I mean, Jack Black already got his video game. All right. Oh, and it was great. Oh, it was great. And it I would love amazing. to have a sequel. Tim Schafer's a wonderful game designer. Yeah. Casey, you look either like you are judging us or don't know the game. No, man. Brutal Legend. I'm okay. all about all it. Right. Yeah, it just, I'm, I don't know, it's the way you kept I was counting you. the seconds until somebody said the title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that has one of the best openings to a game ever, where it's the real life video of Jack Black going into the music store and flipping through the records. I loved that whole intro. All right, Phil, you, uh, you have this little, this little nugget about sure. Logan. So let's talk Oscar nominations real quick. before all right come on i know you said this was going to be comic focused so ease off off my nuts real quick and let me get (laughs) let me get some talking so logan probably my top three uh favorite superhero movie got nominated for best adapted screenplay and it's the first superhero film to be recognized by the academy for its writing and not you know the technical sound visual effects and all that so that's actually really awesome it's it's incredible because you know we've had superhero films uh, or actors like heath ledger get nominated before and, and win the oscar but this is the first time that they looked at the story looked at the writing and said you know what this was an oscar worthy script and it deserves its time in the sun and i couldn't agree more um you did have now i know paul you um or a madman and you don't respect or like this movie, but the Incredibles was, uh, was up for an original screenplay back when that originally came out rightfully. Cause the movie's great, Paul. The movie's great. Well, I get mean, off your, no, 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 Cause there was nothing original. Get off your, get off your high horse. You're an asshole. But, um, <laughs> it, 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 it brings some, it brings some credibility, not only to the movies that we love, but, opens the doors to people thinking about making deeper and I don't want to say darker because DC has tried that and failed, but <laughs> deeper and, and more story and character driven serious uh, superhero, yeah. superhero movies. Because I mean, you look at Logan, it was not only a drama, there was a little bit of action in there. It was a story about um, a son trying to take care of his failing father's health. And, and finding out that he has a kid on the way or already has a kid. And it just, it was, it was one of the most crafted emotional movies that I saw last year. And I'm, I'm upset that it didn't get maybe a supporting Oscar nomination for Patrick Stewart, but yeah. I, I, I'll take what I can get. And I, um, I don't think they're going to win, but it's, it's at this point, it's not about winning the best original screenplay or uh, adapted screenplay. It's about saying, Hey, Superhero movies can be more than just CGI bullshit. It could have real stories with real heart. And it just, I was, I literally got up and, and was excited when I saw that, that come up for a nomination this, this week. And it can have CGI bullshit in it. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, did I, did I just take the wind out of that? No, you didn't take the wind because you're wrong. So there is no wind to be taken, but um, hopefully. Yeah, the only Wolverine movie with CGI bullshit is, both of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see those. Now, this was, I agree. This Logan, I mean, we talked about it in the Logan review. It was breathtaking. I mean, it, it was 
a mix of different genres, but it was like, it was like Shane. It was, it was very much a Western, a modern Western. Mm. Uh, uh, it was such a good story that happened to have comic book characters in it. And well, that's I think what, it definitely deserves this. That's what Marvel's been doing mostly with their films, you know, and you guys have talked about this time and time again, where Marvel doesn't make superhero movies. They make genre movies and put superheroes in it. Mm-hmm. But um, this one was just far above any other one, maybe Guardians 2 for me, but that's a whole other story. And what, you know what else is awesome about this? Because of the Fox merger and how I've even fallen on the side of Marvel makes great Marvel movies, Fox sucks. This is a Fox property, and they knocked it out of the park. They knocked this out of the park. I remember how nervous everybody was before this came out because yeah. they were coming off the success of Deadpool being rated R. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? We're going to do that too. And everyone's like, oh boy, I hope this is not shit. And thank God it turned out to be one of the greatest and probably going to have one of the longest legs of all superhero movies in the mm-hmm. next, let's say, 20 years. Yeah. The thing that really stands out to me about Logan as a movie is if it, if it was 20 years ago, you could have made this movie with one of the big action stars of the 90s and it would have been like a war movie. You know what I mean? Instead of a superhero movie. Who was originally, who was it supposed to be? What do you mean? In the 90s, the, before they ended up casting Hugh Jackman? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, God. Um, you know, 10 years before that, it probably would have been a Western in the, in the 80s or even in the 70s, maybe. So absolutely. There's, there's nothing about that movie that says that it isn't on par with great emotional epic films of the past. It, it's there. It's got all the punches. I'm glad to see it get nominated. It's nice to see... Because there's so much backlash, particularly from like the more auteur side of the industry right now, like like the Jodie Fosters and Scorsese's and everybody, like they're just like, oh, all these you know these these Marvel movies, these superhero movies, they're just mm, destroying. Yeah. Us. Okay. At two different times, we could have had Vigo Mortensen as Wolverine, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. No, no. Yeah, according, to, according no, no, no. According to Cinema Blend, Chris Claremont had a specific choice for Wolverine, and it was Bob Hoskins. He wanted Bob Hoskins to do it at one point. Okay, I don't, I don't know if I. Is he going to play like Wolverine and Wolverine's clone? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Who else? Casey. Uh, people wanted Clint Eastwood specifically for the old version of Wolverine. If they oh, were ever going to do like works. a like a Days of Future Past kind of a film. Other you than mean, the one that we got. You yeah. always say that. You would have to cast him in a chair. So he I'm trying. Talk to <laughs> Apparently, uh, in 2000, Russell Crowe was considered. And Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck! <laughs> so <he's holding> up <laughs> to. Wait, wait, Klaus, you're going to love this one. Uh, Glenn Danzig was actually considered oh, in the late. No. Oh, oh, I would pay to see that, and I would bring my mother. Mother! <laughs> Oh, not to walk my way. Um, oh, I love Danzig. Uh, they don't really back that one up, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that, skip that one. Jean Claude Van Damme. No, at one point, yep. Oh, God, could, you could you imagine those ass? Could you imagine Wolverine doing splits like just? <laughs> they would have got that in there too. He would have like he would have done a split and like clawed somebody like. Get him, you know. Um, Would have been terrible. Uh, I don't know that I don't have a year here, but according to Hollywood.com and IMDb, they had Edward Norton Norton in the running for both Wolverine and Cyclops around the time of American History X. 
Oh, yeah. He, he was so good as Bruce Banner. <laughs> hey, hey, you he shut was, your mouth. He was no Eric Bana. Okay. Because if you keep that up, I'm going to curse the, the, the Eagles for the bowl. I'm just. <gasps> Please do. <laughs> hey, I'm here to talk about sports ball. <laughs> hey, no sports on this show. Uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> we just fulfilled Chris's biggest fear. <laughs> All right, I will skip this list. But it's a great list. It's fun to read. It's fun to read. I got it. Could you hook Keanu Reeves' as Wolverine? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bob. You don't want Listen, I don't want to be, like, as a short guy myself, I don't want to be that guy right now, but I'm going to be that guy. Cast a short actor for the role. Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> there is. Keep doing it. There is no Professor X. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, All right. Uh, the Weapon X program. <laughs> Saber. Dude. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lots. So we got some news on this Avengers by Square Enix. The last thing I heard was, what, a year ago when they dropped the teaser trailer? I'm like, what? Square Enix and Avengers? It looks awesome what do we got man yeah so i don't think we talked about this on the show i think we somehow missed it at the time but square enix is working on a the avengers show and go or game i thought they were gonna oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry game, okay, okay cool. sorry. yeah i just slipped into the that's fine they're working on a avengers game apparently they're putting a lot of resources behind it because they closed down one of their sub studios for this they also um said that they plan to for it to be a game that people are going to be able to play for years. They're like, we, we really intend this to come out and be something that people are going to keep going back to for a long time. So they're going to offer it as a, a game as a service type business model. But the, the, the latest news as of right now is that they've signed some pretty interesting devs to the, the dev team. They got uh, Sean Eskeg. SKIG, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I apologize. Uh, who was the creative director and writer on Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Oh, uh, nice. He, yeah, he left Naughty Dog to join Crystal Dynamics, which is a sub-studio that's doing this game. Um, he's just one of 15 industry veterans to join the project. There are a couple others that were mentioned here. Uh, they got the, anim- the director of photography and animation supervisor from Last of Us. They got uh, someone who worked as an animator at Industrial Light and Magic. Stephen Barry from Electronic Arts and Visceral Games, like who was uh, behind a lot of the Dead Space franchise. Oh, they got some oh, big oh. names that they're bringing. They're basically like assembling like a dynasty team here. Yeah. Like an, an Avengers team, you would say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I find this to be really exciting, though, because what we've been kind of desperate for as Marvel fans is a great yeah. Marvel game that has legs. And, you know, I mean, Avengers Alliance. You know, we loved that game and we talk about it all the time still. But like the, the big problem with that game is it was never intended in the beginning to have legs at all. It was only supposed to be around for a couple months and it, it lived over three years, which was great. But that was never the goal. This is a game that they have this goal. The only thing I worry about when you attach Square Enix to a, a title like this is if they go too far the Japanese way of doing games that could potentially alienate Western audiences, but because they've hired so many Western devs from this, you know, from this list, basically, I have some confidence that they're building this for a global audience. So they, they know that they have to build a game that's going to appeal to the Western audience. And that's a big deal. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, Some great names attached to it. 
I just wanted to put it on some people's radar because I know we're all chomping at the bit for something yeah. great. We're, we're always looking for that next fix. So, Paul, I got a question real quick. Yeah. Do they have a platform picked that, out? They or have. Is like, just too young for a platform? It's going to be the iPhone no, X. <laughs> I'll get to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Off show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, they haven't announced anything like that, though. Being Square Enix, I would imagine we can definitely expect PlayStation 4. There's no way it's not going to be on PlayStation. I would yeah, think. no, they're besties with Sony. So um, they're, they're talking about a, a game that has legs that we keep going back to play. Are they planning on doing a, an, an, an MMO? I don't know. Because it's, I, I hope not because. Because they've all failed. They've yeah. all failed and they will continue to fail compared to WoW. Mm. And, you know, I, I would like, to, I'm just, I've I got so many questions and I know is, it's still is early. Is Marvel now. Heroes Omega still a thing? No, no it's it down. Died. It died. It died around it's the gone. holidays. Okay, then. <laughs> so it's just like, I put so much time into Omega and it just, it, it was all for nothing. So they already have to double convince me that this is worth time, which is more important to me than money right now, because my uh-huh. time for gaming is very small. I only right. get five hours between midnight and 5 a.m. <laughs> and those are all filled up right now. So they, they have to bring something to the table that's going to incite me to, to switch over. And if it's an MMO, I'm already out because... I play one MMO already. I don't need two. Two reasons to be excited. Square Enix. No, I, 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 and I understand that. And I'm happy that something is actually happening with them since, was it EA that, that bought them up and then shut them down? No, no, no. Not no. Square. Square Enix is the studio behind Final Fantasy. And all yeah. That. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, yeah. You're correct. You're correct. Who am I thinking of? I'm not sure. It's a Square something. It's, um, yeah. I know you're talking about it. It was back in the early 2000s. It wasn't Square Enix, but yeah, because Square Enix says Final Fantasy. It was it was something else. Square. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things. Yeah, Phil, if you don't like Final Fantasy, you might remember the Square part. They're the people who made Mario RPG: Legends of the Seven Stars. No, no, I I I, for, I, I I've heard of them. They've done a couple okay games, I guess. So the the thing that gives me a lot of hope for this though is because they do put out great games like Final Fantasy fifteen. It took forever to come out, but when it finally came out, there's a lot of gameplay there. There's, you know what I mean? It's, it's a good game. They've added stuff to it since it came out. They yeah. have an, another edition of it coming out this summer or in March, I think, or something like that, a couple months. Um, they do a good job of supporting their games for a while, they, but they're not, I don't want an MMO. I'll be honest. I don't. And I don't want a free to play you know, microtransaction-driven game either. I'm fine with there being microtransactions for cosmetics or whatever. Like, if they want to offer alternate suits for characters and stuff like that, that's fine. I don't care about that at all. Breaking um, news. Square Enix hires developers of City of Heroes to make Marvel games. <laughs> oh, God. Collective uh, fandom's head explodes. So I guess you could do it in the style that Destiny is. You know, you have a, you know, a small group of... Orly? Of, well... <laughs> no, Destiny 1. Destiny 1. You have a small, you know, a, a five-man or a ten-man team that goes in and your raids are just really... Boss so, fights protect, protecting the city. So like the old Ultimate Alliance? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Except... I, I want a Dead Space game. I want it single player with the potential to have one other buddy in to run with you. Dead Space 3, you could do it with a buddy. Just one. Two players max. I think... I want that. They've kind of hinted at that they're going for, they're going for a unique story. 
because I, I think that's one of the biggest like we talked about marvel heroes for example marvel heroes was an action rpg that fell flat because the story just wasn't there you know what i mean there was nothing to get your your teeth into as far as you know a compelling story things that you would care about if they do a story-based game i think there's a lot of potential there one of these articles that i was reading about this game was referencing how the new spider-man game has a unique story to itself i feel like that story that it's going to be a relatively story-based game, you know, kind of like your uh, Watch Dogs or, I mean, to a lesser extent, your GTA-type game, which that game looks dope as hell. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, it looks great. Looks like, I bought a PlayStation just to get ready for, for Spider-Man. Like, right. I can't wait for that game to come out. So if they do something along those lines, I think there's a lot of potential there. But they've got, they've got to capture the spirit of the Avengers, so you've got to be able to switch characters pretty frequently you got to be able to do team up stuff like you're saying, Charles, like I love the idea of a single player campaign that is great, but that, you know, a multiplayer mode you can play with a friend or maybe two or something like that. Or like destiny, for example, goes up to four people on a fire team. If you can do something like that, where you can play it with a couple friends, I think you'll knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, but you got to capture the spirit of the, the franchise or you're going to lose everybody. Nobody's going to care. So just for the record, I already Googled pre-orders and it's not available yet. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably, people are speculating we'll hear more at E3. So, but yeah. which is possible though, uh, Square Enix skipped E3 last year. So I don't even know that they'll go. They're they might be you with E3. Everybody they, has been, because it's not what it used to be. Right. right. Well, a lot of like Square Enix did their own live broadcast for it. So it's very possible they'll do that again. Because I was watching it for Final Fantasy Brave XVS and then Final Fantasy 15 stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so I expect something like that. We'll probably see the, they'll, they'll definitely hype it up though. I will warn people that their stream is really frustrating to watch because it's a bunch of Japanese people speaking Japanese and getting translated into English. Everybody laughing fakely for a while. It, it, it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Square Enix is a great company, but it, they, the way they communicate with Western audiences is awkward. And I don't, I don't pre-order games. I, I okay. I pre-order if I get something, awesome in the game you know i pre-ordered borderlands 2 because i got to start off with higher level weapons and i got a character that was the thing i got a character the last game i pre-ordered because i thought hey they'll give me great stuff in the game was uh, uh the dc legos to batman 2 it wasn't called batman 2 was it called um like batman 3 beyond gotham that was the one before that so it was two then uh and I and I all I got was a stupid little Luther minifig. That was it. I'm like, seriously, my kid's gonna lose this in a week. Oh, you can probably sell game. that for eight hundred dollars now. <laughs> I hear nah, minifigs yeah, I hear the like minifig market. It's pretty <laughs> lucrative. <laughs> so I hear. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited about this game. I love Square Enix. I love them so much. I dropped sixty bucks on Final Fantasy. Was it? What's the single player one? Fourteen? Fifteen? Seven? That was the newest one. Last year was fifteen. Fifteen? Yeah. I dropped 60 bucks on 15 and played like 30 hours of it and got 10% to the story and haven't played it since because it takes so long to load the damn thing because it's so beautiful. And then you could, you could literally, literally just drive around the countryside looking at shit and it's cool. Yeah. You know, you can't run, you can't rush an adventure no. where you're just a bro hanging out with your boys. I know, it's great. I'm not complaining. I'm saying it's great. I just, it doesn't fit my time play schedule. So it still sits there on my hard drive. Go, come play me. I was like, I will when I have like a year off to just, just do that. I promise. So I love it. it it's great. All right. We're going to take this break here and hopefully you'll hear something in the meantime. Otherwise it's going to be a little bit of silence because we've been having issues with that, but Hey, go check out patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel for all new 
Great stuff going on there. And support us that way. We love you a long time. We'll be back in a minute. And we're back. And now, what'd you call it? Call it the Wild West and the Free Willy of... Um, Wild West of fandom. Well, you and I are going to tag team this one because we both hit our radars today. Well, I hit my radar tag today. Check it, direct it, let's begin. All right, sorry. Good, good Google that, kids. It's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> you insist, Graham. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get Charles and I going on old school hip hop. Yeah, right, right, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we do it. No. Right. Uh, no. I... <laughs> God damn it. Get new host. That's a story Scott, for another Scott. time. Class, class, class. Uh, anyways. Ain't yeah. nothing wrong with a little clots and grind. Hey, don't get me started, man. Hollis is like 20 minutes from me. I'm I'm as close to old school as it gets, literally. Then you hate Luke Cage. Crossroads. Crossroads. All right. Oh my god. Get back on track. <laughs> Toys are us. Alone. We, okay. we covered the announcement a couple months ago that Toys R Us was trying to do the corporate slimy slippery thing of oh no we can't pay our bills and so we're just gonna restructure and not pay anybody well no literally they can't pay their bills but yeah i know right but it was they had what what did we say 50 it's a ton of debt it was a lot of debt they there. have like remember. five billion dollars yeah there's a, it's a lot of a lot of zeros mm-hmm. apparently okay so i've done a little reading on it apparently what happened is a a capital firm came in and bought them out and then leveraged all the debt onto the company. So what, what it does is it lets them just dump all their debt into a company and now they're not on the hook for it. The capital firm's not? The, the, the capitalist firm, yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's a really shady business tactic that mm. gets done all the time. But yeah, no, so uh, they filed in court in their, you know, in their bankruptcy proceedings for permission to close a whole lot of stores. Well, before that, they actually filed for the whole chapter 11, let's, Let's let's just restructure and that was the end of last yeah, that year. Was, yeah, it was. Well, right, about this is why I thought this was old news. No, 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 no. no. no, it, no. it was. It was. This was. Yeah. So they filed bankruptcy before the holidays. They and filed UK, back in September. Yeah, and the UK said no, and the US said we'll wait and see. So their Q4 was not very good, which is to be expected because it's so expensive. So they they would they would very well yeah that's and I'll get into that in a second but um. They're looking to close 182 stores nationwide here in the States. Pretty big deal. Uh, about half of those, they're looking to close baby RSs. And they're, uh, some of them are in towns that have multiple Toys R Uses. Uh, That's which is, mine. Which, quite frankly, makes a lot of sense. Like, anyways, but yeah, so they, they're, they're looking to close a bunch of stores. Nothing's official because it's got to get approved by the bankruptcy court because it's all part of, you know, them handling their assets and trying to settle their debts with you know the debt holders and everything um this is a big deal though particularly if you are a fan of collecting toys uh even lego which we've been talking about lately because i've been into it if you're into toys to life stuff like amiibo or dimensions or skylanders any of that kind of stuff uh, toys r us was like one of the big stores for that stuff they had exclusives and stuff pretty huge colossal deal some, I've seen some speculation on business sites talking about how they expect Amazon's looking to pick up like up to 40% of their market share that they could possibly abandon here. Which we said was their way out, right? Well, yeah. 
Well, but as as successful as Amazon is right now, there's no way that they're going to buy Toys R Us and, Not now, and but... take on $5 billion in debt. Other, you know, the uh, likes of Target and Walmart also stand to benefit because I saw one statistic that like virtually every Toys R Us store has a Target within like a couple miles. That so makes sense. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. Other big box chains are looking to absorb that market share. Amazon's looking to absorb that market share. So it's the future of uh, your big box toy retailers looking kind of bleak. Yeah, because they're super damn expensive. Now, according to the AJC, which is Atlanta Journal-Constitution, they have 880 stores in the U.S. They're closing a fifth of them. Now, in Atlanta itself, well, in Georgia itself, we have eight, seven in the Atlanta area, one in South Georgia. And I was excited for a second because I thought mine was closing. I'm like, I'm finally going to get Lego Dimensions for like 20 bucks. You damn bastards. You keep charging in my area $80 for that damn thing. No, they're only closing the Babies R Us right now, according to the motion. You know, that's that, that's mm-hmm. the motion. But in, I won't tell you the areas, but I'm telling you, all these stores that are being closed are within 20 minutes of each other, like in a chain. Like you went to the longest distance between two you might be a 30 minute drive and we're closing seven in my area and that's not all of them right yeah well that's some crazy saturation that seems yeah oh most definitely uh you know i i live in a i live in the suburb of a small city about forty thousand to fifty thousand people on average in our city uh we have one that has been in our community forever literally since i've been born I grew up in my local Toys R Us. We're keeping ours so far. It's not on the hit list, but um, I don't know, man. It's it's a ghost town in there. I was just in there the other day buying Skylander stuff for 50 cents a piece. Yeah. So yeah. are they going to just ship all their merchandise back to a warehouse and then redistribute, or are they going they to liquefy would, it? They're gonna, some are going to liquefy. Okay. I, I think they're going to liquefy most stuff. I think the stuff that'll probably get reshipped is the stuff that people are really going to want, like your Lego stuff, possibly your Barbies and all that bigger. Po- yeah, possibly collectibles. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, lo- I imagine a lot of the video game inventory will just get boxed up and shipped because mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to ship that stuff cheap. That and a lot of like companies like Microsoft and other companies that are big like that actually have contracts saying you can't discount it too low. And it's yep. actually better that they just ship it to a different store and just mm-hmm. have it sit on a shelf. And yeah, the only way they can discount stuff like that is if the entire company goes under. Sure. And then Microsoft still has like the right of first refusal to buy their stuff back, so you don't sell yeah. it under market price. I was just in my local one literally over the weekend. Um, which, if you're a Skylanders fan and you've been holding out, they have a the, anything except for imaginators is all 50 cents so like stuff that used to be 25 dollars is 50 cents stuff that used to be 15 dollars is 50 cents it's crazy <laughs> my roommate sean mentioned that i walked into that aisle i came out i couldn't hold all the stuff like <laughs> that's awesome um yeah we, we bought 15 dollars. i'll buy that for a dollar <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah no i mean it, it, this is an interesting situation like if you're someone who has kids Keep an eye on your local, on that list. See what's going to close locally, maybe. Like, Charles, in your situation, I think a lot of the inventory in your local stores will probably get shifted to the stores that stay open because yeah, they're so likely. close. The company can hire a moving truck for the day and move inventory. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. Really easily. But then, like, like, for my example, there's not another Toys R Us for an hour in either direction. So I don't think the one that's here would do something like that necessarily. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't if they were on the list. But, yeah, if you're looking to pick stuff up... Uh, 
I got some advice on that, but go ahead, Klaus. Well, I was just going to say, if yeah. you're looking to pick stuff up, watch the list, you know, watch your local store. I imagine that this won't be the only step they take to try to, you know, shore up some of the, those losses from the, from Q4. Um, so my, my store, the, the store near my parents' house in Exton, Pennsylvania has been there for maybe 30 plus years and they are on the list to close, but they don't have another Toys R Us in the, let's say 30 minute drive, 40 minute drive window. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a little nostalgia tells me that I'm sad because sure. I, yeah. I saw that store go through many different stages of, you know, departments and aisles. And I used to go there to get uh, N64 games. You know, I would have to grab a little paper slip that said, you know, fifty nine ninety nine and bring it back to storage. And they would give me the game. And that's where I got my first Zelda Ocarina of Time gold cart. But at the same point, I have been into Toys R Us very recently um, in Hagerstown, uh, Maryland, which is 20 minutes from me. And I don't buy anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep going in. Like, I keep going in like it's a compulsion. But, and I, I, I walk the same aisles. I do the same passes. I said, you know, oh, maybe I should buy this. But I don't because I can either get it cheaper somewhere else or I just don't really need another statue of mario or you know link in my house so mm-hmm. the last thing i actually spent money on was this robot chicken model figurine whatever I didn't even the batteries mm-hmm. are dead i guess the last, pretty cool that is pretty yeah. cool and it was it is it is and it, it, you can find really cool stuff at toys r us that's semi-collectible that's hard to find and this was on clearance and and that's the last thing i'm on that was actually it might have been over three years ago. I think I bought it before I was in this house. Even so, I bought this World of Nintendo Wind Waker Link uh, from Toys R Us. This was my last Toys R Us purchase, and like you said, I bought this two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just you know we went in there to really build our Christmas list for for my kid, mm-hmm. and then just made an Amazon wish list, right? You know, off of the things that we saw. So now, well, yeah, that that's the big issue. Is everything is up, you know, upcharged like. Anything under 50 bucks is upcharged like two or three bucks. Anything higher than that can be as high as 10, 15 bucks. It's crazy. Like, why would you ever shop at your local Toys R Us if you could, you know, if you're an Amazon Prime member, come on. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Yep. So the advice I give is actually good for, in general, for all shopping, you know, always price check, those kind of things. But here's what happens in these situations. Toys R Us, or actually any company, we'll just use Toys R Us, obviously, for this example. Uh, many times when this happens, they will hire a liquidation company. So they'll sell all the inventory in the store to a going out of business company who will then have license to operate under their title of Toys R Us for whatever, 90 days. You know, whatever number they put on the wall, that's the license is 90 days or whatever. And so it's another company. Doing a lowercase it. R on their logo? What the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll still be a Toys R Us store, but Toys R Us has already gotten their money as a company, and they've, they're out. How many quotation marks do you think we could put around a logo that has quotation marks? <laughs> Wait a hmm, Where do you draw the line? And so what you have to be careful with is a lot of times the deals are not the deals, right? They'll bring in uh, merchandise from other companies that were never sold in that store. Now, that might be something you want to buy. It doesn't matter. But they will mark up stuff to mark it down just to get it out. People will see that going out of business sign. They'll get crazy. So do your due diligence and make sure you're price checking on your phone on Amazon or 
I know you can use uh, red laser. I've used that in the past to price check in the area and those kind of things. Make sure you're getting a deal. Like 50 cent for a Skylander is a deal in anybody's book. Mm-hmm. $5 for Skylander is obviously not that good of a deal. You know? I mean, you're not wrong because I worked at Blockbuster for eight years and I closed down stores, you know, every, let's say six months. And they would bring in an outside company to do all the signage and all that. But they would also bring in books. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we, we have a, a, this contract with this book company. So let's put some books into this closing store and try to make an extra revenue off of it. Yep. And it's ridiculous, but I mean, they keep doing it. And I've seen this company work with FYE as well or other, you know, Suncoast videos. Mm. And it's just, it's sad to see another big retailer hit the bricks. But like I said before, that's just nostalgia telling me that I'm sad. I'm not actually Your sad. time is over, Toys R Us. Pave <laughs> way for the new way to buy toys. Well, they had that opportunity. They had that opportunity a few years ago. Uh, I think Amazon tried to partner with them, and they said no, no online. We're, I mean, they were almost had a deal. They're like, no, we're not going to do online. That's when they bought FAO Schwartz out and did this stupid. Ex- I'm like, ooh, make your own Muppet, licensed by the Henson Company. And it's 60 fucking dollars. I am not buying that for any goddamn reason. As a native New Yorker, I think a lot of people could tell you this was coming when they closed down the giant one that had a fucking Ferris wheel in the lobby. (laughs) I mean, as cool as that was, it's like, come on. Yeah. And their website sucks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dude, the craziest thing about Toys R Us is they sell on eBay. Like, their sales portal lists stuff on eBay that's on their website, too. For the same price or different price? Yeah, the same price. Okay. No, that happens sometimes, right? They're like, buy it on Toys R Us for $19.99, and you go to eBay, <laughs> and it's $18.99 or $15.99. Yeah. I was like, what the hell, man? That's your store. That's not like somebody reselling it on eBay. That's your Toys R Us store, theoretically, on eBay. Yeah, it's it's mess. Well, like the Inhumans, we'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this last one comes from, why the hell? Are we reading a damn story from Chris Wisdom? He doesn't even bother to show up for the show anymore. Who? I put it in there. It's the spirit of wisdom. It's part of our new changing gears. All right, fine. New branding motivation. You just kiss his ass. Go ahead. I'm not partaking. Whatever, I'm not partaking. man. I'm like the only one who respects him on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, because he's your doppelganger. So. All right, Casey. It's true. Uh, Action Comics is going to hit 1,000 issues in the coming months this is kind of a big deal in the comic book verse because the only other comic book i can think of to hit a thousand issues is uh 2000 ad which is all the uh the british stuff mm-hmm. you know but 2000 ad was also a weekly published book so going since the 70s it's no mm-hmm. it's no question that they would have hit a thousand i think they're well past 2000 by now but action comics has been published monthly serialized since what like july of 1938 so it's like the first main american publication featuring superman for every single one of its issues to hit 1000 that's that's pretty impressive it's a huge milestone and dc is doing it right because they're making strides to not only put out a giant 80 page issue which has got all these awesome creators under the sun just coming in and and doing work on this one one book, 
They've also got a, a hardcover that has unpublished material from Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, the two guys who created Superman back in the 30s. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, it's loaded with a ton of reprints over the course of over 80 years of Superman history. It's just, it's a lot. And I think anybody who both loves comic books, really loves Superman, and is just invested in seeing the medium evolve around its most visible representation as a character, absolutely worth if it. it also, his, his underwear. If it guy. doesn't have a, a reference to BVS, I, I don't care. No, you're not in it if they don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that the, that's the tagline is the, the underwear returns. <laughs> yeah, the biggest news out of all this, not that it's a huge milestone or anything, it's that his, his red underwear on his the outside His piece is back. His cod piece is back. Now, Casey, are you going to get the hardcover for this? Uh, I'm, I'm tempted, but I'm a little financially strained at the moment to be buying huge, probably... maybe more depending on how big it is hardcover because they might even do it as one of those big prestige books Mm. have you seen those like the giant artists like you can kill a man with the book if you hit him hard enough oh yeah it's like it's a coffee table book but that's only because it is the size of the coffee yeah yeah um I don't know. I have some pretty expensive books on my bookshelf. Like I've got some Jack Kirby artist editions and a John Buscema Silver Surfer book that's that's gigantic. Um I like Superman a lot. So if it ever came down to like I could get it at a convention like New York Comic Con Sunday evening when they're just dying to give these books away. Shipping them out. I would would definitely love to pick it up because I have no problems reading old comics or anything. I live for that stuff. But I'm very interested in, you know, the biggest superhero of all time hitting a milestone that maybe one other hero will hit in my lifetime. What's that other hero? Batman. Detective Comics is going to be at a thousand in, in maybe like a year or two. Yeah. It's not it's not too far off. Um, I mean, God willing, I don't know if I live to be like a hundred, I might see it happen to like Spider Man. <laughs> but who knows? It is a good milestone. Honestly, I don't being not non a classic comic book character. I can go. That's a good milestone. I don't know that I care. You know, because it's the big blue boy scout has always kind of rubbed me wrong. Oh, nobody, you nobody know. cares that you. <laughs> oh, asshole! You're so edgy. I love you. Uh, yeah, no, we get it. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I do want to get the BTP consensus on the underwear coming back. I I didn't realize. It I don't think away. you should ever wear it. <laughs> never commando I superman think, i don't think superman commando should ever superman. wear anything ever yeah just a terrifying flying naked no he would have a cape there. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but where would he tie it to his dick <laughs> there we go the, the simple yeah, setup i yeah. love it but that's ah. great i mean i don't care that he's i i've never read a single superman comic because i'm just not a fan of him but it's still huge you know, mm-hmm. we celebrate milestones here. We just did episode 100 not too long ago. So, congratulations, you weird alien with a gluten allergy. Here's to a thousand more. <laughs> but people are really, you know, he's he's a he's more of an icon now. You know, mm-hmm. he's up there with the Betty Boops and and what other 
you know, Jesus. American Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> That's the prestigious company. Well, no, 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 you know what I mean. Like, when you think America... Superman, you're up there with the old Archie game. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you have... That way. Fuck you guys. You have these big you're American... you Felix the Cat, man. Felix the Cat and Coca-Cola. And Casper the Friendly Ghost. Hey, man, I don't see many Paul Klotz tattoos, but I sure as hell have seen a lot of shitty S tattoos in my life. It's because you can't get in the mirror to see your ass to see the Paul Klotz tattoo. That you that's have. right you forget about that but dragon con happens you are no, drunk I, shit I, I, dragon I still con. feel it so yeah so, all right let's do the fun shit of the week phil what you playing reading loving man uh skyrim skyrim is this a this an intervention for you i was i was not on the ti-84 i no i'm playing on the switch I'm just I'm playing Switch Skyrim and it's not I'm not in a good place. I I haven't eaten in a couple days. <laughs> I I I stayed up till 5 a.m. this morning playing. I just it's Nella, it's taking over. Vanilla flavored special and, edition. And and it's not even the good HD version. It's so low quality. <laughs> when when I'm not playing Skyrim, I'm I'm playing Fallout 4 again. <laughs> so bethesda's just i i'm thinking about buying doom i don't know what else to do it's just so are you reliving like three years ago i I'm, I'm trying to grasp at what my life was before i had a kid so i'm, <laughs> I'm drinking on cold medicine and i'm playing these games i shouldn't be playing and it's not i'm not in a good place True story. The first reboot of Doom came when it came out in 2005. I bought it to be able to stay up with my Doom Lord son, and I played it while he was sing- sitting in his swing, swinging. I just played the shit out of some Doom when they brought it to Xbox 360, man. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'm loving it. They're going to grow up messed up. No, they're good. <laughs> yeah. Oakland's great. Oakland's Oakland, Oakland opened for Bosch last year. He's already messed up. But um, other than that, I have uh, I watched finally watched Kubo on the Two Strings, which uh, blew my mind. There was everything about that movie was fantastic. Did it tear at your heartstrings? My three heartstrings, yes. Um, <laughs> other than that, no. It's it's really just fucking Bethesda is running my life, and I I took a time out because the kid woke up to watch Kubo, so. Nothing too exciting on my part. What about um, you, Casey? Uh, well, I watched the Batman Gotham by Gaslight movie that came out uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday. Yesterday, the day before digital release. Uh, I couldn't wait because the original comic is one of my favorites of all time. It's by Brian Augustine and Hellboy's own Mike Mignola. But the movie was very interesting. They don't really do the same story. I mean, it's it's still Batman versus Jack the Ripper, but it's a little more expanded. And it's got a twist ending. Is it uh, Batgirl? No. Right, <laughs> You're not going to get it. Come but, on, baby. No, and I'm not going to ruin it. <laughs> but I didn't see it coming. And normally, you know, a lot of these things, they throw the twist in like halfway into the movie. This is in like the last, like maybe like quarter. So you get a full Batman story that shows how he operates, shows how it's different now that it takes place in like a Victorian era setting. Still in the U.S. though, it's still in Gotham, but it's got characters from all over. And more Irish police than you can shake a stick at. 
Is the twist that aliens can't get wet by water? No. Um, is it that he was Jeez. dead the whole time? It's Phil? not Shyamalan. Phil? I have, Phil? Some, I have some questions. Phil? <laughs> Phil. Thank you. Yeah, back in your shadows, boy. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, no, but it's overall it's a it's a great it's well done. The animation is pretty smooth. It's got some of these cheap out 3D moments that I don't like, but that's becoming more commonplace in animation than anywhere else these days. So I definitely recommend checking it out. I watched it back to back. So uh, like twice. That was pretty. Yeah, yeah. That twist was so good. I had to watch the movie again. Like the first time I saw Memento. Yeah, I get that. Did, okay, but, so to gauge where i would fall on liking or disliking it you mean where you would mick fall you're fired goodbye uh, <laughs> all right it was nice working with you yeah thanks <laughs> phil actually left he got up and left <laughs> uh but casey the uh killing joke the animation what was you it's about the same did you like it did you did you enjoy the killing joke yeah, it was fine. Well, the killing joke I didn't like for a couple reasons. Okay, like that's that. all I needed to know. I didn't like it for a couple yeah. reasons too. So I wanted to see if I gauged to if you went, yeah, I loved it. Like, you know, I'm probably not gonna like that. Visually, much. visually, it's it's just as good. So if you liked how it looked, mm-hmm. you'll like okay. this. And no bullshit like people having sex on a rooftop. Okay. All right. Oh. There is a fist fight on a rooftop, but no sex I on a rooftop. I guess I'll put my dick away. <laughs> yeah. God. Wait, hold, why is it? Why has it been out the whole time? <laughs> right, that's the weird part. Because you can't see us from the waist down. Sausage fest has a whole new meaning now. Uh, Klaus, what are you? What are you loving this week? Um, I've been catching up on the gifted. That's uh, pretty dope. Um, it, it's mm, I'm like four or five episodes in. It's moving faster than Runaways did which is a thing um, it, it's you know I, I i'm not gonna say it's the best show ever uh but it's fun you know um it's definitely exploring the mutant angle it's refreshing to watch something where they can say mutant and you can see mutants you care about yeah you know portrayed on the screen which is cool um i think everybody on that show is is doing a pretty awesome job so far um i'm interested to see where the, the story is going to go Playing wise, uh, I'm still playing Destiny 2 a couple days a week usually. Last week was a faction rally event, which was okay. Uh, I mean, it was fine. Uh, people complained about it online because they're entitled children, and I'm over it. The, the worst thing about Destiny is the people who play Destiny, is what I should say. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, so I've been playing that a bit. Uh, yeah. To, I started playing Fire Emblem on my. DS again because I've been meaning to actually finish that and uh, I bought Metroid through the store on my uh, like the OG Metroid okay so I'm I'm excited to dig into that have you Um, played the new one that just came out a couple months ago no I I I, well actually see that's what I thought I was getting a digital download for that because they pictured the um the new Samus Returns game and it was just the original Metroid (laughs) ported Mm. which is fine it was only five dollars so I wasn't that upset, but um, it would have been yeah. a hell of a deal. Yo, well, that's what I was. I was like Walmart, like you, you, you're screwing up. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they didn't screw up in my favor. Yeah, but I didn't have Metroid anyways, and I haven't played it since I was a kid. So I was like, yeah, this will be cool. It's good, man. You just gotta 
keep track of where you're going because if you don't have a Metroid Two: The Return of Samus Returns, the musical yeah. in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, oh well, uh, my roommate picked up the Amiibos for uh, Metroid, the ones that just came out. The really dope pose of Samus with the uh, the squishy brain thingy. Uh, that was cool because we mother brain. It. Mother brain is uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Wait, how do I know this and you don't know this? Because you, the sun shines on a dog. There we go. The NES card. card. <laughs> Even though I know that Phil's actually thinking of Mother Brain. <laughs> from Captain yeah. N. That's, that's how I know it. It's the worst. It's so, oh, man. I love Captain N. And I actually have watched it recently. But God damn it, did they get every character wrong in that? <laughs> <laughs> Simon Belfont and this Bouffante of... of of sass and um, what about um, kid, um, icarus? kid icarus and mega mega boy yeah <laughs> the worst mega man ever what else Scott? what else that's it that's all, all right. i've been up to well i've been catching up on black mirror and i'm up to the first four episodes and it's it's good although archangel by far was so damn predictable oh you're horrible. talking just the latest season yeah latest season yeah i've okay. seen all of them up till now but i'm just getting caught up on the latest season yeah. uh and Archangel was just crap. I didn't like that episode. Uh, Hang the DJ is where I'm at, but that's right now my favorite. It was really well done. You've already seen the best one, USS Callister. Yeah, it was really good. That was really good. Loved it. Uh, thanks to Klotz and his suggestion. I've been playing Titanfall 2, and it's really good. Uh, it's, it's fun. I'll probably never play it online because do not be what? frustrated. Do not be frustrated. I play that thing on easy, man. So if I have to play on easy, I probably will never. Nah, man. I told you to get that so we could play online. I'll play with you if you want to just revive me every five seconds. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, well, I'm, I'm there. Uh, I gotta say, uh, something that happened right before the show tickled me pink is, uh, was it you, Klotz, or was it Wisdom that threw in the Funko Pops in our chat? Uh, it was Klotz. No, no, it was Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so, no, they're inter- interchangeable to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Funko Pops. I'm not going to go into it right now. But the Labyrinth has some great Funkos out there right now. And immediately, I knew there was one I had to buy from my wife. And it's uh, Sarah because she comes with the worm. My wife loves that little blue creature. She always goes around quoting, hello. Did you say, you know, the whole line and stuff. And so I went to go to the link, which was to Think Geek, and it was $10, which is a great price. It's a good price for a pop. And then it was $8.95 to ship it plus tax. I went, fuck you. I'm not doing that. Went to Amazon. They had it on Prime shipping. So we stole my brother-in-law's account and ordered it that way. And she couldn't, she couldn't wait. She didn't care about Funko Pops. When she saw that, she said, I got to have it. So that was fun. And then this past weekend, I made an appearance on the channel of Super Geeked Up. We did DC Action Hour, and it was great. And the best part was I got to be on with David Sokolov, who is the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash currently. Also the voice of Depth Charge on Beast Wars. Yes. And to talk to him, I had tons of fun. He's amazing. We actually talked about trying to get him the Dragon Con, so that that might happen, where he's going to be part of the podcast track and help us out. So that was fun. Check out uh, it's it's supergeekedup.com and it's the DC Action Hour show. And then I'll be on the new season of Super Geeked Up coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're gonna do that. 
and it's going to be fun. So that was that talk to him both off air and on was was really fun. He's a great guy, fun guy, and I really hope that uh, we can work some stuff out to get into Dragon Con this year. I mean, cool. That's Thirty-one weeks as we record. Thirty-one weeks away. <sighs> so fast, man. We uh, we had a, a a meeting about it last night at the Botch Studio about what we're going to do. So thirty-one weeks as we record today. <laughs> Wow, it's gonna be Casey. You said you're you're gonna try to come this year. Yeah, man, I'm in. I'm fully committed to this. It's gonna be awesome. It's but you go so you go to New York Comic Con, right? Yeah. So I think you're gonna be somewhat prepared for your experience here. Basically, if you've never been to a con and you go to Dragon Con, it's it's a little overwhelming. It's an experience. Well, it's the part I've heard. I've heard legends from other better cosplayers than me that Dragon Con's the party con. It's yeah. And 10 o'clock hits and you're pissed drunk till I, I mean, I'm not, I got to do a whole lot of work. So I don't get, I have to say this year I was sober all four days. I'm like, what the hell kind of con is this bullshit? Yeah. Uh, but cause I had a lot of work to do with it. But uh, yeah, if you're just attending, it's in fact, Casey, you're course- going to walk into dragon con. They're just going to give you your chip. the uh, the way dragon con was introduced to me when I was 18 years old, it was, it was, that was in 94. 596 somewhere in there it was told to me as it's a party across three hotels and you just go room to room getting drunk that's how dragon con was pitched to me and people dress up in comics comic costume like why the hell would anybody dress up this is 18 and southern and sheltered like why would anybody dress up and why would you just go hotel to hotel to get drunk i don't feel fancy motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) so but it's it's a blast it's fun and it's gonna be amazing this year all right anything else before we get out of here gentlemen yeah i wanted to i wanted to touch on a couple of things from this week's roundup of wednesday comic books and i know paul had words about one of them too um the latest issue of thanos which is by come on creative name uh donny cates and drawn by jeff shaw uh, the new arc that started in issue 13 has Thanos abducted by his older, scarier, future king of the future self, uh, very much in that sort of future imperfect Hulk meets Hulk kind of storyline. Um, and in his thrall, this future Thanos has a new ghost rider who is kind of a wacky, wisecracking. Is it Johnny Blaze? It's not Johnny Blaze. Screw it. I don't care. It's someone you'd never expect. Colson. No, here's a couple of Benicio names. del Toro. No, <laughs> let me see it. K2SO. No, no, it's Frank Castle, the Punisher, as a Ghost Rider, former Herald of Galactus, now insane Herald of Thanos. Um, okay. It's not that far of a stretch for him. Yeah. It's a total. It's 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 insane. People are building it up to be like this big twist kind of thing, and I guess it is, but. I think in comics, I think a twist only works if you kind of see it coming. Yeah, it, this is more of just it's completely out of left field. I mean, yeah. Because people are like, Castle's the man on the street, you know, kicking in mafia teeth and shit like that. He's not a herald of Galactus become Ghost Rider, become herald of Thanos, like none of that. Yeah, it just kind of sounds like bat shark repellent to me. It's weird, and I don't totally buy it. I feel like it. he just they just threw that in for for kicks like because there's this whole build-up about who he was and thanos is like do i know you and then he has no idea who frank castle is and he's like do you, so did I, you ever netflix and chill yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but i've netflixed and killed 
<laughs> I hate the Punisher. Uh, but this would have... If, if, yeah. He's a murderer. Uh, if this were the TV's Casey Defender report, I would give this book my pick of the week just because there's so much other interesting, cool crap that's happening. Future Thanos has Surtur's Flaming Sword that you might have seen in Thor Ragnarok and other Thor comics. Um, and he's also ready to face down the Fallen One, who is a dark, evil version of the Silver Surfer with the Annihilation Wave behind him. There's a lot of great stuff happening in this comic. And for creators that I haven't heard of until now, it's really an A-plus book. So I highly recommend it. Aren't you on the Blazing Defender Report? Uh, sometimes. Not this past week, okay. but you can always find me at least lurking around the comments <laughs> section. Well, Phil, you, you, you gave us the finger. Uh, well, have you, have you guys, or is anybody keeping up with Doomsday Clock? Yeah. I haven't, because my local comic shop will only order for people's pull lists. And if you're not already an established pull list or a, a regular customer, they won't set up one for you. But apparently, Wait, how does that work? I want to get a pull list. I haven't seen you enough in the shop. So money, bitch. Mm-mm, mm. they, it's one of the worst shops, but I, it's, it's really it's a great shop. But the employees and the owners behind it are terrible. But I hear, I hear Doomsday uh, Clock Part 3 changes a little bit of the mythos of the Watchmen. Oh yeah, there's characters. There's I, characters returning. I don't want to. I don't want to get into spoilers. You know, if if people haven't read it yet, but that's got me. That got me kind of hyped to maybe read it. Well, I want to read it. I just, <laughs> I, I, I can't get a physical copy on it. You know, I. That's appalling because you'd think this has got to be DC's best-selling book, if not second or third best, just after the Batman titles. Well, they should have ones that people can come in and buy off the wall. So I, I, I was in there about um, maybe four or five days after it already came out, issue one. Yeah. And I was like, what's the deal? You get any more in? He's like, nope. If it's not on your poll list, then we don't have it for you. I said, yeah, that's insane. You know, I said, you, are, you not, are you not ordering any more? He's like, no, we're not. She's you like, know you were close enough to actually drive to the secret stash. Well, I'm not. I mean, I live in central Pennsylvania, so... What's that, two hours? No, it's it's four to five hours to get to Red Banks. Okay. Because I have family that live there, so... Joyzy. Joyzy. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I I, I want to read it, and I guess I'll have to wait till the trade paperback comes out, and I'll just buy it off Amazon, because my local shop... Sucks. It's a bunch of Steve Daves, but... <laughs> Tell them. It, it is what it is. But yeah, I, I'm reading this now on Twitter that a little bit of the mythos is getting switched around in the Watchmen, which has got me kind of kind of amped. Yeah, the the whole premise behind that is it takes place like five or six years after the original story of Watchmen uh, took place. So where that one was in like eighty five, eighty six, this takes place in like the early nineties. But as of issue three, it's been brought into the modern DC universe. And again, characters showing up that you thought were dead or missing or they haven't been seen since the original series. Everything is crazy. Nobody can predict what's happening and what's coming next. I certainly couldn't, and I've been reading comics my entire life. So, you know, you pick up on these tropes and stuff. Well, if they don't make a second movie, I don't know. I don't care. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, all I know is for sure Alan Moore is rolling in his grave. That <laughs> himself dug. He has himself <laughs> dug because this is happening. Yeah. Ah, fuck him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what your favorite comic of the week is. Or if you're like me, it's like, is it going to be on the screen? I don't know. I don't care. 
So check us out, BTP at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. That's B as in breaking, T as in the, P as in panel at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. Of course, it's at Panel Breakers. And like Claude said before, come on over to our Facebook page, make some comments. Let's get the talk going. We've posted some things up there to discuss, and, and Chris is helping with that, and Casey's helping with that, and everybody's throwing up some links and stuff to talk about. So Facebook.com forward slash Breaking the Panel. We'd love to have you join us there. And, of course, you can check out all our archives, well over 100 shows now, on our website at GiantSizeTeamUp.com forward slash Breaking the Panel. GiantSizeTeamUp.com has got all kind of amazing, great shows like Botched and other stuff there. So check it out. Phil's from Botched, and he's sitting there just ashamed and crying. It's the greatest. It is the flagship show of this network. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> not, not wrong, but you're an asshole. So, no, we love Bosch. It's awesome. And you can uh, tune in to hear me say next week, Casey, you are the Lunar hey. Snow to Chris Wisdom's Jubilee. <laughs> Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. <laughs>